Welcome, Lauren. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, you're very welcome. We're happy to have you here. Um, before we get into uh, finding out a bit more about you and, and some of the projects that you're involved in, um, we have a system on this chain chat where each guest leaves a question for the next guest. I'll ask you to do the same at the end. And the last question, which hasn't been published yet, um, but it will be soon, was, um, is Bitcoin better than gold? I mean, that is a hard one to start on. <laughs> um, I think that's really tricky to answer because it's it's also about like how we ascribe value to things of like we're ascribing value to a real physical thing. So, like, you know, we all believe gold to be holding value. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it could have been copper that we decided is the sort of shiniest, most valuable metal. Um, and then if that's backing uh, you know, real currencies and digital currencies. So I'm, I'm going to end up going in circles here, but like it's it's about what humans say is valuable. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I would probably keep Bitcoin over gold, but also I don't keep any gold in my cupboards. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but I'm I'm probably more more crypto than physical. Mm -hmm. All right. Cool. So tell me a little bit about you. Who are you? What are you doing here? Of course, yeah. So, um, so I'm Lauren Ingram. My background is I was a marketer um, in digital agencies and tech startups, and um, later ended up at Meta. Uh, went back when it was Facebook, all those not that many years ago, but back when it was Facebook, and um, I was a contractor there. Spent a couple of years. They sort of kept extending my contract as much as you're able to, and then um, at the sort of limit of how long you can do there there were budget cuts in terms of permanent headcount. And so I didn't manage to go permanent. And I also found out that I was uh, expecting a baby. Um, so it was uh, good news and bad news in a, in a very short time. And so um, so it was like, okay, I need I need a plan. I need a new plan. I might actually need some kind of alternative. Um, I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, so I did actually try really hard to go permanent in terms of, you know, I, I tried to stay in big tech, in marketing for big tech, Um and didn't manage to because this was a sort of particularly brutal period of the pandemic when there's just there's just hardly any jobs around. It was a really competitive market. And I think I was also giving off desperate vibes because I was pregnant um, <laughs> and just, you know, really wanted to find a perm role. Um, and so in that time, I was thinking, okay, how can I upskill myself in something that will sort of either get me back into big tech or, you know, what's my next move, I suppose. And so um I started learning about Web3, didn't know it was called that at the time. I just was kind of learning about things like NFTs and the metaverse because being from a more creative background, that's kind of what spoke to me. And I was like, oh, actually all this stuff is maybe less the metaverse, but NFTs and crypto are all underpinned by blockchain. And suddenly it was starting to seem more interesting again because um, mm -hmm. uh, years ago when I was working with tech startups, I had worked with a couple of blockchain startups and I I just couldn't really get it. I, I couldn't get under the skin of it. You know, these founders were telling me this is like really revolutionary technology and I was thinking I, I believe you but I, I can't see it feel it um and then it wasn't until 2021 I sort of came full circle and went right right okay I can see the use case in my own life of something like buying nfts or me buying crypto and I was like okay this is all sort of making sense now um however I saw a lack of women in this area and I was thinking okay well why don't I take what I learned at Facebook which was scaling these training programs aimed at women 
won't I use that and apply it in an area that seems to need it even more? Um, and so started Women of Web3, which I've now been running for um, about a year and a half. Okay, tell me more about Women in Web3 then. Women of Web3. <laughs> yeah, Women of Web3. Um, so we are, I guess we're a sort of community and a consultancy. So on the community side, we've got uh, jobs, resources and connections. So we've got a, a jobs platform. Um, so partly like a list of vacancies, but also a talent collective that women can apply to be part of and it's sort of get, get sort of vetted into it. Generally women with like at least five years working experience, but might want to pivot to blockchain and web three um, jobs platform learning resources. We've got a weekly women of web three podcast, um, which we're just about to launch a season two of. And um, then there's also kind of other educational resources. The idea that all of it remains for free. So we do some like brand partnerships in order to fund being able to make cool stuff for free for the community. Um, and then finally, connections. We also do in-person events in London and we started doing a couple of online events as well. That's amazing because that's one of the things that I've often thought is missing as well, like a directory of of talent and especially one that's more open and inclusive as well. So that sounds really good. Um, do you have a, a website or a Twitter that people can find you on? Yeah, of course. Um, the website is womenofweb3.co and the our handles are just at women of web three co. Okay, cool. So people can have a look for that, especially for women who might be listening as well that are interested. I think this is a, a great place to start then. Um, so yeah, what challenges have you found along the way? Um, I think imposter syndrome has, has been getting in the way, actually. Um, that's something that we spoke about just at, at the beginning of our chat beforehand um, is I also worry about not being technical enough to work in blockchain or this sort of broader space um because I'm I'm not a developer I I still don't understand the full nuts and bolts of blockchain if I'm being completely honest and so there's it's I'm always kind of waiting to be caught out um of like you know somebody will ask me a question and it'll trip me up um but I think I know enough to get by and what I'm doing is also just sort of teaching other beginners and so I'm not required to know the kind of uh I'm not required to have that deep knowledge um, all that sort of complex or technical knowledge necessarily. So um, if I could just get over it and sort of realize that I don't need to be super technical or um, in, in in what we are running and scaling, then um, I think I sort of need to get out of my own way. Mm. No, it's always the way though. Like we always think we have to be at like the top of the staircase, but you know, if there's one person on every step bringing up the person from the step below, then that's also, also enough, I think. Um, but yeah, Italy. completely understandable and fairly relevant for a lot of women, I think, is the, the old imposter syndrome. <laughs> what, has, uh, what has been your greatest resource to, to for learning then? Where do you go to, to learn? A uh, couple of places. One of them was uh, Twitter spaces, actually. Um, uh, I know some people did a sort of similar learning experience on Clubhouse. It's basically just going like listening to people talking about this stuff because mm -hmm. you can start reading about it, but... Sometimes I find that like the more you read about it, the less it makes sense that like you just kind of get too far into the jargon and you're like, hang on. Yeah. What's the human use case of this stuff? Well, like, I need to hear people talking about it out loud. So for me, Twitter spaces was really good for that. Um, someone actually had to persuade me like, no, you, you need to be on Twitter for this stuff because um, I I said, I'm I'm finding Twitter to be a bit of a bile fest when I like, open my home feed and they said, okay, but this is different. If you look at like NFTs, crypto, Web3, blockchain, it's a very different vibe um like a, a lot less catty there's a lot more knowledge sharing and um 
so yeah, Twitter Spaces was a great a great place to just kind of sit and like absorb this stuff before I start ready to sort of start answering asking more questions. Yeah, exactly. It's getting having a little base knowledge to be able to have the confidence to ask more questions without feeling like they always say there's no stupid questions, but it doesn't always feel like that, does it? Exactly, exactly. No, and also like the whole technical side, like you say, you're not a developer, but I think that's one of the things that the whole space is lacking as well, is like a bridge between the tech, which is like, okay, it's still it's still immature at the moment, but it's it's coming on, obviously. But the bridge between that and like the average user, because uh we need the marketing side of it, we need the the soft skills, we need the the interface and and all of the UX stuff as well. Um, which I think is even less mature than the tech itself. So it's mm. like sponging it all together, I think. Um, yeah, so where would you recommend somebody to start if they've never heard of NFTs, never heard of crypto, but they're like, oh, what is this? Where would you send them first? Um, a couple of different places. I mean, one of them would be the Women of Web3 podcast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just that I'd tried to make sure it's super accessible for beginners and we always start off with like breaking down a piece of jargon and then we kind of go further and further down the rabbit hole um but aside from plugging my own stuff i found that uh bff my bff has been a really good resource that they are an nft project but actually they're really good at they're kind of a media organization as much as anything and they're also about trying to bring uh women and non-binary people into uh the sort of broader web3 space and um I find their resources quite helpful in terms of yeah breaking down jargon and what you said about you know there's no such thing as a stupid question that they make it feel like it's okay to ask ask stupid questions and they almost like they answer stupid questions <laughs> they've yeah. described themselves that way but um it's yeah made super accessible and um you can just find yourself kind of like scrolling around their website being like oh actually I didn't know that word or I didn't realize how those two concepts linked for example and it's told in quite a almost like a magazine-y yeah accessible way nice yeah um and okay with diversity then why do you think it's important in this space um there's a a lot of reasons why i find it important but one of them is if we're talking about a set of technology that's going to be used by more and more people like if it's going to become in theory dominant or at least a bigger player than it currently is then the diversity of people making those products needs to better reflect the diversity of people that will end up using it. Um, and, and actually, the, to be honest, at the moment, there's a lack of diversity in both. Um, it, it is a little bit sort of monocultural in terms of uh, who's working on this stuff and who's using the products. And I would love to see that change because technology should be in the hands of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we can do to um, to try and change that quickly, because otherwise things like AI will just speed things up. So like any progress that we're making, AI will make it go faster. I see it as being a bit like caffeine, which is it can make you do stupid things faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned that if we don't start making changes now, AI will sort of speed us up to a future that we don't necessarily want that version of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think as well at the moment, that's quite a hot topic, isn't it? The AI stuff where it can do anything for us. But um, what would you say then for somebody who's, um maybe setting up an nft project or something like that what should they do to make sure a practical step to make sure that they are starting on a diverse foot to say it mm. in those terms uh yeah there's um a couple of ideas 
one of them is just sort of breaking down jargon of like if somebody new came to a website of like you know say your parents went on a website how much of they would how much of that website would they understand um because uh as well as the jargon a lot of it is quite sort of deliberately enigmatic there's a little bit of gatekeeping in terms of making things seem a bit like sexy and exciting and um it leaving out some information as as a way of making it mysterious and desirable um and yeah. so actually we kind of need to do the opposite which is just like just lay the information out as to kind of like what is this what's the benefit of it yeah what's the human benefit of why would you interact with any of these things why would you want digital belongings why would you want digital cash um and uh so yeah breaking down jargon and um <laughs> make yeah make, make making all of it make sense to anybody that's, mm-hmm. that's stopping gatekeeping and just thinking about inclusion from the get-go because um i think the hype doesn't really help things uh-huh no, absolutely um there's another one i was gonna ask you it's just gone from my head then uh oh about use cases you're saying about the different use cases have you seen a particularly interesting use case um is there anything about, it sounds like it's, um, some there is sounds. There, there is some uh, um, building work going on in the background. Yeah, okay. so I'm hoping it won't come through. But no, yeah, no. Is there any use cases or like any other projects that you've seen that you think? Uh, I mean, you mentioned my BFF, obviously, what you're doing at Women of Web three. But is there, are there any others that you've seen that you that you would like to keep an eye on? Ooh, um, what have I been keeping an eye on recently? Um, Actually, I really like what uh, Lavinia Osborne is doing as well, mm-hmm. um, which she, she does women in blockchain talks. And yeah. I think she's, I, I quite like her approach as well in terms of, she's really thinking about diversity in every element of what they're making. So um, as, as a team, so even things like her content is being translated into lots of different languages mm-hmm. because um, it's very easy to be very Anglo-centric and just like make all of our content in English. And so I think, you know, I'm definitely guilty of that with women of web three. We haven't been translating any of our stuff mm-hmm. um, because we're doing a sort of almost like, you know, minimum viable product of like, what's the, what can we make on the fly quickly for a minimum budget? Um, and actually making things accessible in other languages is going to be incredibly important if we're truly thinking about bringing everybody on this journey, you know, anybody around the world, making it accessible to anybody, then that's a big part of it. So I, yeah, I really like her approach. Yeah, no, I, I do too. I've had some conversations with her. We, we're hopefully going to try and uh, get together at some point as well and put something together. All right, so what's your what's your next step then? What's your next step for the project uh, Women of Web3? Anything yes. then? Um, what is on the horizon? Um, well, the, thing, the thing that's really um, in my head at the moment, and there's not only Women of Web3, um, I suppose it's um, Lauren as much as anything else um, is I'm doing a TEDx talk in a couple of months so I'm just feeling very nervous but also excited I think because I I see it as an opportunity to again make sense of these technologies or like why I care mm-hmm. to a wider set of people that don't already necessarily know about it so it'll be an audience of people that have some interest in tech and ideas there'll, there'll be that curiosity there but there also might be quite a lot of cynicism around some of these technologies and I would love to try and uh, myth bust and do a bit of demystifying around it um so that they might reconsider this area excellent where's the where's the ted talk being held uh it's in winchester tedx winchester um in in june so um 
uh, yeah, that, that wasn't actually meant to be a, um, a plugging myself there. It was more, um, I, I just hand, I just had to hand in the first version of the script and, uh-huh. um, it's, yeah, there's quite a rigorous process. It is a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't doubt you can do it. That's great. I, I'm a big fan of all the TED talk. All right. Um, Pepper, any other wisdom or insights or something that you wanted to share? Um, wisdom or insights, um, <laughs> wisdom or insights I, I think actually that that curiosity to be always learning I think mm-hmm. is so valuable in any of this area because um especially the sort of deeper into blockchain you get as I say it, it can you can end up getting a bit tangled um if if you aren't super technical and you might be thinking um uh yeah how how does this apply in my own life and so I think yeah continuing to to fuel that curiosity with things like you know, listening to your podcast, I think it, this, you know, this is a great start mm-hmm. is being absorbing as much information as possible and also attempting to keep on top of what the latest developments, because um, speaking of use cases, it feels like there are new ideas appearing every day. They're like, uh, whenever I open any kind of social media, you'd be like, oh, I hadn't thought of doing like, doing it like that. Of like, oh, I didn't realize you could decentralize that or I didn't, it's, um, yeah. you know, applying a principle um, and then creating a bunch of new products off the back of it or or businesses or yeah, projects. And so um, a sort of a thirst for knowledge around that stuff, I think is so valuable. Yeah. No, and also I think people need to realise like it's it's time consuming. Like uh, mm. I said it before, like my few years ago, when I was a teacher, a language teacher, and people would sign up to a class thinking, oh, I'll get this in a week or so. And without realising that it's it's a whole it's a it's a long process you do have to spend mm-hmm. the time the hours of youtube videos or listening to podcasts or searching for information and and sieving out what is relevant and what is not and obviously as well finding level appropriate things that that you can build upon but but yeah like just take time and uh you know realize that it's it's probably going to be a longer process than you expect but but yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned the language thing because i also see that as a parallel is that i think learning about uh blockchain and any of this suite of technologies i do see as like um gaining a fluency in in another language and i also see as a similar benefit to learning a language which is that it will uh, i think it makes you a more interesting or um sort of maybe well-rounded person i think it doesn't make any guarantees in terms of for example your career but Mm -hmm. it would put you at an advantage compared to some of the someone that didn't have that fluency yeah. that's that's how I see it it's um yeah, absolutely it's, it's not the be all and end all but it's it's definitely worth your time yeah it's another valuable skill to, to have you know um we said in Spanish like knowing things doesn't take up space I think maybe it does but there is a saying something mm. like in Spanish, so it's just like learn for the sake of learning and it's a it's a nice attitude to, to have all right that's a much nicer way of putting it <laughs> But it doesn't really make sense when I translate it on the spot. But um, yeah, okay. A question for our next guest. We don't know who they are yet. It doesn't have to be technical. It doesn't have to be anything related to blockchain, even just an icebreaker. Or you can make it as a blockchain related. Maybe how would you explain blockchain to an absolute beginner? All right, perfect. <laughs> That's great. All right, perfect. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on. And I will uh, let you know when we are ready to publish. Amazing. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you. Nice to meet you. You too.